0: As we all know, looting has been a threat to heritage for millennia, Um, but after the acceleration following the Arab Spring, it has reached unprecedented levels in recent years. You can go ahead to the next slide. Thank you. The 2011 Arab Spring forever changed the dynamics of the Middle East and North Africa. Although what's known well now is the conflict across regions like Syria and Iraq, what's less well known is the economic devastation that's taken place across the region as a whole, including North Africa. All of these factors together have led to a significant acceleration in destabilization and cultural racketeering as people scramble for efforts to fund their families and their activities. The threats to countries like Syria and Iraq have made more press in recent years due to the ongoing conflict and widespread deliberate destruction of heritage. But countries facing crisis rather than conflict have been left out of the discussion. Egypt and Tunisia are examples of nations that have suffered significant economic and political crises since 2011. In 2014, when Daesh rose to significant power in Iraq and Syria, the group systematically destroyed cultural heritage sites across the region. UNESCO sites and Christian monasteries made Western press, but what is less commonly mentioned in the Western media is the destruction of Islamic sites, which have been targeted more than any other group. The deliberate destruction is not only a matter of ideology, as is so often discussed, but also serves as a form of free propaganda. And where media may not show beheadings of hostages, they will readily show the demolition of an archaeological site. But destruction is not the only goal when a militant group seizes a site. Groups like Daesh fund their campaigns of terror in part through illicit excavations carried out in occupied territory, activity carried out with a robust Western market in mind, as the United States alone makes up 43% of the global art in the antiquities market. Looting under Daesh has become a highly systematized process in a way previously unseen. The Antiquities Coalition is working with groups like the Day After Heritage Protection Initiative to illustrate the highly organized process and better understand methods behind trafficking patterns under Daesh and similar criminal networks and terrorist groups. One cannot simply dig in their occupied territory. Permits must be acquired from the terror group and paid for. That means that even if no artifacts are found, they've already made their first round of funding by way of permit fees. Once artifacts have been uncovered, they are put up for sale. And if the artifacts fail to sell after an agreed-upon period of time, an extension of sale is granted, with a greater percentage of the sale going to the terror group with each extension. If the artifacts still fail to sell, they are handed over to the Dewan al who sell them at a Daesh auction typically held in Raqqa, Syria, like the examples you'll see here. In a recent congressional hearing on the illicit antiquities as a source of terrorism financing, U.S. Representative Peter King noted that terrorist attacks like the ones that took place in Paris and Belgium cost Daesh roughly $10,000. A single artifact can run anywhere on the market from a few hundred dollars to tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. There are millions of archaeological sites across the Middle East and North Africa, each with thousands of artifacts many never previously excavated. It's clear that a virtually unlimited source of funding is sitting below ground waiting to be mined by criminal and terrorist groups. Although Daesh is ravaging Syria, Iraq, and now Yemen, there are still other nations affected by industrialized looting. Countries like Egypt are suffering from unprecedented levels of cultural racketeering, and even sites around the pyramids have been significantly affected by armed gangs plundering sites. Egyptian customs and security forces have seized thousands of artifacts bound for countries around the world, including the United States. But even with the government's targeted efforts to combat the trade, the flood of activity around looting and trafficking in Egypt is surging beyond the capacity of its authorities to contain. With the widespread regional challenge of culture under threat ranging from economic crises and criminal gangs in Egypt to full-blown civil war in Syria and terrorism insurgency in Iraq and Yemen, solutions to protect culture must be on a region-wide scale. Cultural racketeering is fueled by a multi-billion dollar international market in art and antiquities with high Western demand. Therefore, it is vital that the international community engage in cross-disciplinary transnational efforts to combat looting. That means that to protect heritage today, archaeologists not only need to understand this landscape, but this one, and this one as well. The Antiquities Coalition works to bring together interdisciplinary groups and international communities not only discuss the threats to cultural heritage, but take action with applicable solutions to combat them. One aspect of our focus uh, is on advocacy. For many years, there has remained a gray area between the wealth of knowledge held by academics and the policymakers that have the power to put that knowledge to work. At the Antiquities Coalition, we're seeking to close that gap. Our Culture Under Threat campaign is focused on raising awareness among government officials as well as the public. These threats are not simply an issue of heritage protection. They're issues of cultural identity, economic stability, and national security. The national security threats posed by antiquities trafficking in the Middle East and North Africa has gained attention of both the U.S. government as well as governments in the region. It focuses on solutions like national security around national security and economy brings with it the interest of high-level policymakers, which is why the Antiquities Coalition has also focused on convening. In September 2015, the Antiquities Coalition held a forum at the Asia Society in New York on the margins of the UN General Assembly meetings. The forum in New York convened diplomats and experts from business, government, heritage, and the art market to release a call to action to establish the Culture Under Threat Task Force. Seven months later, the Culture Under Threat Task Force released its comprehensive report on recommendations for the US government. The report included 31 recommendations Um, that can be taken by the U.S. government in its role as a market nation. These recommendations are both policy and basic recommendations that the government agencies can put forward on their own. I know some of the task force members are in the audience, including Allison and Emma, who have been instrumental in helping us develop these recommendations. In May 2015, the Antiquities Coalition, in partnership with the Middle East Institute, UNESCO, and the Government of Egypt, held its inaugural MENA Region Culture Under Threat Conference in Cairo. Foreign ministers and ministers of antiquities from 10 Arab League nations convened to begin steps toward active solutions in combating this issue. The conference concluded with the issuance of the Cairo Declaration, which called for the establishment of a regional task force to take action on these issues. The task force held its meeting last month on September 8th in Amman, as we convened the second annual Culture Under Threat Conference in Jordan in partnership with the Jordanian Foreign Ministry and the Middle East Institute. The meeting nearly doubled the attendance of countries from the previous year, with ministers from 17 Arab League nations attending the conference and issuing the Amman communique, along with an agreed-upon action plan outlining five steps that the regional task force can take. The Middle East and North African task force to combat cultural racketeering will release a source-country-focused task force report, much like the one released in April for the U.S., that will contain recommendations for the countries to take in the region. The MENA task force agreed to begin their work by focusing in five key areas under an agreed upon action plan by the task force members in Amman. The first focus is capacity building. The MENA task force agreed to work with Border Patrol and Customs in their respective countries to organize a train the trainer program on identifying illicit antiquities. Additionally, they agreed to organize an annual annual training program to be held in a mutually agreed upon country in the region of the task force country's various border patrol and customs agents to promote cross-country cooperation. The second focus is cultural MOUs. The task force agreed to share information with the relevant ministries in their home country about the ability to negotiate MOUs with demand country governments, including the United States, and actively encourage them to submit the necessary request to formally initiate this process. They also agreed to submit a formal request to the Arab League to explore potentially initiating negotiations with demand countries on behalf of the Arab League members as a regional MOU. The third focus is on an information-sharing mechanism. The task force agreed to consider creating a mechanism, such as a task force secretariat, that will serve as a clearinghouse for information-sharing amongst the membership on issues such as upcoming antiquities auctions, major seizures, research on trafficking routes, training programs, and other efforts that would benefit from regional cooperation. Additionally, they agreed to pilot a provenance verification system that would establish a process for auction houses to share information on upcoming antiquity sales and work with member governments in advance to verify the provenance of items to be auctioned, as well as to develop a dispute settlement mechanism for those artifacts with disputed provenance. The fourth focus is on an awareness campaign. The task force agreed that their International Advisory Council, which is still in development, will will submit a proposal to the task force for an awareness campaign to raise awareness and demand countries on the importance of not buying conflict antiquities. Member countries will use their resources such as embassy outlets, social media, newsletters, speeches, and more to help support this campaign and build awareness. The task force also agreed that member countries will explore raising awareness in their home countries on the importance of protecting their domestic heritage to increase the educational knowledge on this issue. The final priority in the action plan that the task force agreed to focus on is the Heritage Jobs Initiative. The task force will support programs that promote job creation through increased protection of heritage sites and encouraging sustainable and responsible cultural tourism. The International Advisory Council will help support the introduction of pilot projects in the member countries based on their experience in other markets. We're working with the Sustainable Preservation Initiative, which has had very successful work in Peru and is now focusing in Jordan on some of these issues. Combating the trade from both market nations in the West and the source nations in the Middle East and North Africa is critical to having a marked impact on the trafficking of cultural goods. The Antiquities Coalition has not only been working to raise awareness in the government sector, we've been developing interactive resources that are open to the public to help provide a better understanding of the scale of threats to cultural heritage in the region. The Culture Under Threat map is one of our most comprehensive interactive resources. It illustrates all reported incidents of deliberate destruction across the Middle East and North Africa since the Arab Spring destabilization. By compiling information from activists, governments, media, and organizations like the great work done by the ASAR Cultural Heritage Initiatives, as well as our own research, we're able to provide a wide-scale view of the destruction taking place across the region. The map only uses publicly available data to ensure no sensitive or potentially unknown sites are further exposed to illicit networks. The goal was to create a tool that was useful for academics as well as the public without creating a roadmap to sites. The dynamic nature of this map's ability is being expanded to focus on looting as well. We're currently in the process of developing a layer that focuses on incidents of looting and trafficking to further identify potential patterns and activity that can be useful to source country authorities. As part of our outreach to both policymakers and the public, we also strive to create other visual awareness tools like our infographics. The ones seen here were developed in collaboration with our partner organizations, the Terror Asymmetrics Project and the Day After Heritage Protection Initiative. Both of these infographics are also available in Arabic. Another infographic that has been particularly useful for the public is the souvenir infographic. Our checklist on how to avoid blood antiquities when buying travel souvenirs was featured in InStyle Travel, part of our efforts to bring these issues to a wider audience. So as we move forward to bring the international community players together to protect cultural heritage, the role of archaeological activists, experts like yourself, and the public are critical in spreading awareness on this issue and having applicable solutions with a marked impact. Thank you very much.